Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with another episode of The Yacking Show. This is the show that brings you actionable business tips and ideas for you to, to help you grow your business. We do that by bringing you interesting guests. Today will be no exception. But first, let's introduce co-host Kathleen Beauvais. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, Peter. Thank you all so very much for tuning in to our show. We have the great pleasure of having Jesse Ringer on the show today. Hello, Jesse. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, thank you. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Now, Jesse is the founder of Method and Metric SEO Agency, and this is a hot topic. A lot of people are interested in this. Today, he'll be yakking with us um, about helping businesses build winning SEO strategies for their organizations. So before we get into all of that, Jesse, can you give us a little bit about your background and how you came to start your own agency and uh, also what services you provide? Sure. Yeah. So um, I started in the SEO industry about uh, a dozen years ago um, as a freelancer, mm-hmm. uh, working with some local businesses uh, to improve you know, their reach uh, through Google, but as well as Bing to some extent. And just sort of, it kind of grew from there. So, you know, working with a handful of businesses, which snowballed into quite a few. And then um, a great opportunity came along. Um well, about six years ago to start Method and Metric, uh, where, uh, yeah, someone kind of said it out loud that they think I should actually start an agency. And it had been something that had been on my mind for quite a few years at that point. And, you know, just that conversation was uh, enough to get things going and uh, haven't looked back since. Uh, today, Method and Metric, uh, we specialize obviously in search engine optimization, but that also takes on content marketing, uh, analytics support, as well as conversion rate optimization. Uh, we work with a lot of different brands in the e-commerce space, as well as software businesses um, and bigger national like, service-based brands as well. Wow. Very good. Very good. So let's start off. What's the biggest mistake you see that businesses make when they create content? Oh, uh, I think the biggest mistake that people make is not doing their research ahead of time. So just jumping into writing content uh, without giving some thought to who their audience is, what information they're looking for when they're searching, um, but also just not really getting a good sense of like what is out there already and what unique perspective they can offer to a piece of content. Mm. Okay. So tell us why you think SEO is more than just keywords and backlinks. There's so much to this topic. There really is. So, I mean, keywords are obviously kind of the first touch point that most people have when it comes to Mm. thinking about SEO. You know, we all want to rank number one for a given keyword, but with the competitiveness of search, with the uh, evolution of search engines and the proliferation of businesses, thinking about SEO is more about thinking about a good experience for your website. Mm -hmm. So when somebody is searching, understanding the intent behind that search so that you can best create content that will answer that question. Nobody goes into a search uh, on any search engine really to, if they already know the answer. Mm -hmm. So when somebody, you know, 
puts the energy in to click on your listing, they want to find an answer. And if you're not answering the question that they're asking, they're going to leave. Mm -hmm. So that's the first part of it. The second part too is once they've figured out that you have the answer that they're looking for, how do you get them to take action on your website? And so making that experience as smooth as possible uh, goes into really helping improve your SEO as a whole. The easier you make it for people to find the information that they're looking for, uh, the more confident they'll be in you know buying your products or services. So mm -hmm. I think SEO is like, a bigger website strategy rather than just getting traffic from Google. It's about how do you get them to trust you and take action? Mm -hmm. So it's, so that delves into the design of the website as, as well, right? And and the layout and how easy it is to navigate through the pages and find the answers as well. Completely. Yeah. We think about it as like information architecture and the navigation of the website. You know, are your buttons clear? Uh, is the information clear? Mm -hmm. um, you know, is, does it make sense for just about anyone that's visiting your website to understand what they need to do in order to, you know, work with you or buy from you? So mm -hmm. yeah, all of it factors into that. Great. So let's just pick up from what we were talking about earlier. And I've, I've been guilty. We've been guilty of just throwing content out there because all the experts say, if you're writing a blog, you need to post once a week or once every two weeks or whatever, whatever, you know, you know, the story. So I've been writing a blog for about 10, 12 years. Um, what would you advise your clients though, to do in developing a strategy to produce their content, especially in relation to the what niche that they are trying to market to, because I, I just see looking at a lot of websites, people are still trying to be all things to all people. And even some fairly major brands, um, major companies, I think, still make that mistake. So how do you advise your clients on those two points? Yeah, I think the first point to make is, you know, how can you convince your audience that you are an expert in your field like your blog content should be there to help educate as well as promote and demonstrate your expertise so it should cover all of the different i don't know other touch points with on your within your website associated mm -hmm. to your brand that are not directly serviced by a product page or uh, a service page mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and so your content should really be looking to help answer the questions and potential objections that your clients might have to, you know, investing in your products or investing in your services. And so you want to use your blog to kind of catch those opportunities to convince and demonstrate your expertise. The other component there is like the blog from an SEO perspective, it's obviously very self-serving, but at the end of the mm -hmm. day, it's there to, to help connect you with your audience at a more personal level. And it gives mm -hmm. them an opportunity to see behind the curtain as to like what your brand values are, you know, who might they be doing business with, you know, and all those kind of um, innate trustworthy components that goes into, you know, any business, but also just, you know, reaching uh, your clients. So mm -hmm. we always try to make the blog you know, emphasize the key characteristics of every brand um, while also demonstrating their expertise and knowledge within the space that they operate in. And that also exposes you to a bunch of new potential customers that 
may not realize that there's a service like yours that exists already Mm -hmm. and you can help them feel smarter about the, you know, the journey they're going on, but also like help them make more informed decisions about buying products and services. Sure. And, and again, from my observation, um, I'm not saying I've got this right for our business, but my observation, a blog that's done well and does exactly what you've been talking about leaves me as a visitor with a good feeling that I, I want to find out more about this business or do business with them. or uh, And in many times, I get more information from the blog than I will get from their sales type pages on the main website, right? So, yeah. So it's it's part art and part science to get that right, correct? Totally. Uh, yeah. And it, it comes down to, you know, doing research and figuring out what is likely to resonate with your, mm-hmm. with your current customers, but also your, your potential customers. Right. And then kind of just testing that and getting a good sense of the people that want to do business with you. Yeah. Get so me. delving a little bit into the world of analytics and, and for a lot of people, this is just so, um, it, they just don't get it. They don't understand it. Is it strictly looking at Google Analytics? What is it that people are looking at, and what should they, what should they focus their attention on? Yeah, yeah. Any business owner should have Google Analytics on their website. Like, it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, it's relatively easy to set up, and it will give you tremendous amount of insight into what people are engaging with on your website. Um, the other tools that we use, um, Google search console is another free tool, but it looks at, um, kind of the relationship between your website and Google. So how is Google able to access the information on your website? Uh, but it'll also tell you what keywords you're ranking for Mm -hmm. and people are clicking from to get to your website. Um, a third tool that we use quite a lot, um, and it's a paid service, but it's so good is Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F. Mm-hmm. It's tremendous for helping to figure out what keywords you should be targeting, um, you know, where you can find new backlinks, who's linking to you already. It'll give you a really good sense of like the overall health of your website as well. Um, but yeah, whenever it comes to analytics tools, like especially in the early going, like get the free stuff. Just get some data, get the information, um, and then sort of think about what is important to your business and to your website. Like traffic is obviously a big one, right? You need visitors to your website, but also looking at reports of like what pages they're visiting and what mm-hmm. pages they are spending time on. Those will be a good sense uh, and a good way for you to gauge like what content you need to create more of, uh, perhaps like what gaps there are. Um, Also, you can, with Google Analytics, you can see where, what countries and regions people are coming from. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you know, since we're all in Canada, like you could see how many people are visiting your website from Vancouver and how many people are visiting it from Ontario. Mm -hmm. And that can help you determine like messaging. It could help you figure out where you need to put more emphasis on your advertising um, and a whole number of things like that. So I think having the analytics, even if you're not necessarily like, a numbers person or terribly uh, analytical, like having it there and just getting comfortable looking at reports on a regular basis, like will help you a great deal. Wow. Yeah, very good. So is the use of AI going to make content creation easier and more effective, or is it going to produce bland cookie cutter content? And, And how does that impact SEO? Yeah, I think, oh, 
I got a lot of opinions about this, but oh, uh, we're in the middle. Sure. Um, to be fair, like there's a lot of value in using like the, uh, tools like ChatGPT for, you know, figuring out a good framework for your content. Mm-hmm. I mean, letting the robots run wild on your content probably isn't going to be the best recipe for success because if you have everybody searching or using ChatGPT in the same way, you're all going to get very similar answers. Right. So it's going to be very hard for you uh, as a brand to really stand out and kind of, you know, mark your flag or hang your hat on something if all of your content is extremely generic. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, I mean, AI is evolving really quickly. Um, and I think that there will be a lot of opportunities for it within SEO, but within marketing in general, mm-hmm. there's a lot of tasks that become quite monotonous um, and don't necessarily offer as much value back for the amount of time it requires to get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, on the flip side, you know, Google already has a way of detecting AI generated content. So eventually it'll get to a point where Google will know right off the bat that your content is either original and it came from the mind of a person or a team versus that of an AI database. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I know like uh, from a content perspective, I don't think it's quite there yet in terms of originality or like, you know, a strong point of view, Mm -hmm. but it definitely helps build a framework around a topic so that you can add your own personal touches to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we find. We, we use it. Um, as you say, some tasks get monotonous, you know, once, once you're into three or 400 episodes and you're on your 300th YouTube description, you know, it, it's, uh, it starts dragging totally. a little bit, but um, yeah. so, so we, we use it to give us ideas, but we personalize every single one. We don't put anything out there straight off chat GPG because yeah. they, as yeah, Kathleen exactly. says, they're, they're too much cookie cutter. They, they tend to use the same phrases quite, quite often so we we use it as an example some we discard completely some we modify a lot some we modify not quite so much but everything we we do we get modified yeah yeah, yeah. We'll definitely streaming things for sure oh yeah. yeah 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 but um a lot of a lot of people in marketing are, are concerned they're going to lose their jobs through it my my opinion is it might knock out some of the lower level stuff and the people who get looking for for work on fiverr but Serious writers, I don't think they've got too much to worry about, you know, if they keep their game yeah, going well. Yeah, you yeah. think the same? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll just take a lot of the the small menial tasks that don't offer a lot of value off of people's plates and give them more time to think and create. And, you know, ultimately, I mean, people read, people like follow brands, people, you know, click on social media posts because of the ideas and the people connected to it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, your audiences like, are business owners, like they went off on their own to build something because, you know, they had a unique perspective on that. And I think relying on AI to generate your blog posts and to like write your newsletters and all that kind of stuff just defeats that kind of purpose of like why you started a business in the first place. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, great. So what's one actionable tip you could give our, our audience is small, small to medium sized businesses, entrepreneurs, and a few corporate marketers, um, people who are not using an agency like yourself, but are, but know they need to improve in SEO website content. What's a simple thing you would advise them to look at today that would improve their business? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I started out as a freelancer by myself and I had to build my own website from scratch. And, you know, one thing that, 
I wish I had kind of thought about a bit more. This took me a long time to get to this realization, but it was just that, um, you know, with your content on your website, it's not just for search engines. It's for people, but it's also for your social media. It's for your newsletters. It is content that can be repurposed in a multitude of ways. So thinking about that and not just thinking of it as like, I need to have this blog post so I can rank better in Google, but thinking about, I need to make this blog post so I have more things to share on social media. I have more people to connect with in terms of my newsletter and I have new information to like tie back to my, you know, main business pages. Um, that's one thing that I wish I'd thought about sooner. And it's, it's something that will kind of make blog writing feel a little less daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side too, is when thinking about your keywords, think about the intention behind them. Like, mm-hmm. don't just try and rank for the biggest, most popular term. Think about the variations. Think about like how, or what people are trying to find when somebody uses those keywords. And so you can do this by just doing Google searches yourself and seeing mm-hmm. what results are showing up there and just trying to align with what Google is presenting there. Um, those two actions will greatly improve your SEO. Um, it doesn't require too much time or mm-hmm. like years of experience to understand. It's just like looking at the search results and trying to match your content with what is being presented by Google in the results. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. no, good good advice. Thanks for that. Yeah. Kathleen, back to you. So if I were to contact you as a client, what initial steps would you, would you take with 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 us actually? So if you were to go to theackingshow.com and kind of just pick it apart, what are you looking at there? Yeah. That that's a great question. Um, you know, I'd say the Obviously, every industry is going to be unique and Hmm. every website has its own personality. But overall, the things that we want to look for are, is it clear to a person visiting your website for the very first time uh, that what it is that you do? Will I know instantly when I arrive to your homepage that you are a fantastic podcast? Is that clear? The next step is, you know, what action do you want people to take when they come to your website? You know, would it be listening to your podcast? Would it be subscribing? Would it be, I don't know, joining your newsletter? Um, or do you want them to like sign up for a program or something? And so we look at all those of that. Two <laughs> yeah, well, totally. Right. Like who doesn't want all that? But uh, I would say like, what are the priorities for that? And is it really clear for the end user to someone who, is kind of unsure about what they're doing. Most people that are coming to your website are, you know, ho-hum about who you are, what you do and your brand. Like, do you answer their key problem? Yes or no. And so if it doesn't feel for them, like it's really obvious and easy for them to get a resolution and that resolution could be a number of things. um, They might not stick around. So Mm -hmm. those are two pieces there. Obviously, we're going to look at what keywords you're ranking for, what keywords you're not ranking for. Um, You know, do other websites link to you? That's a big one. It helps build trust and relationships and so forth. Um, And then also ultimately like... Yeah, you know, is there potential for the website to grow and expand um, from a business perspective, but also just from like a resource perspective? Like ultimately in the digital world, like people want to work with 
and, you know, give their money to other people that they like, know, and trust. Mm -hmm. And does your website do that well? Like if, if it does that really well, um, or there's room for improvement, like those are the things that we're always looking for, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So a little anecdote, we got a couple of minutes in hand. Let tell you a quick story. Kathleen and I had another business in the tiny homes niche and we, we sold it. It was online e-commerce and uh, affiliate marketing. Anyway, we sold it with the website last year, but about three years ago, we saw a news flash about a prefabricated tiny home that, what do they call it? Boxable. The, the, the brand name was Boxable in California and it was on, it was on TV news in California so we got hold of them and we got more information. We became affiliates and we I wrote a blog post about that. And soon after that, it it got massive publicity. And we found that using that as a word, and we didn't intentionally try and rank for it. For the next three years, most of our results from search coming to our website were looking for that. We're using that keyword. So there was something that cost us nothing and got us huge numbers of visitors to our website. It was more by accident yeah. than design. So we found that really interesting, which which just reinforces mm -hmm. what you're saying about looking at your website okay. carefully and sort of having a strategy a for your keywords. Point. Yeah, like one thing I'd push back a bit on is like you did your research in, in the fact that you talked to that company, you sure. saw them on the news, like that, that in and of itself is great. Like you created a resource that you thought was going to be relevant for your audience. And it clearly paid off in like a number of ways for you. Yeah. And so, yeah, like research comes in a lot of different forms, right? It doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mm -hmm. need to be like looking at a list of keywords and figuring out which ones are best. It's like tapping into the world around you and, and being able to share content that is potentially going to be really useful to your audience. And sure. that at the end of the day is what Google wants. And that's what people want. And Man, like that's a great example of like, yeah, really it just, just it worked really well for us. And um, yeah, anyway, it, it was a business we decided we didn't want to stay in, so we got out of it. It was fun while it lasted, and we we learned a lot of cool. stuff in that. Yeah, so here, oh, here's my one. Sounds... Sorry, oh. go ahead, Peter. Go ahead. Well, I, it's time for me to ask my burning question of our guests. And, and uh, Jesse, the burning question is that uh, we ask this of all our successful guests who have their own businesses. You've obviously dealt with a lot of people, a lot of business uh, businesses, over some good, some not so good over the time you've been in business. Is there one characteristical mindset or, or even a habit that sets successful business leaders apart from those that remain average and never really make it? Or is it more complicated? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean... I guess it depends on how they apply it. But I think at least from my experience of working with a lot of other businesses and, you know, building my own, I think the ability to continuously learn and improve mm -hmm. upon what you're doing will set you up for success. Thinking that you have it all mastered and thinking that you have nothing else to learn um, usually like, you know, gets you stagnant and unable to evolve with the changing needs of your clients, but also like the changing needs of business in general. So I think an ability to keep wanting to learn and like that curiosity will go a long way. Mm -hmm. That's, that's very interesting. Thank you for that. That, that one comes up quite often, believe it or not, that answer comes up a lot yeah, right? and yeah. no, no one has said to us, go and get an MBA or get another university degree. Not not one person said that yet. <laughs> That's right. 200 no, right? 
Yeah. It's all, it's all soft skills like this. Sorry, Kathleen, back to you. Well, I just had, um, since we have a couple of more minutes, mm-hmm. I just, I just want to ask this question because if, if, again, if I were a client and, or if we were a client, then you're looking at say the com, and you s- notice that the website isn't rank- ranking very well with say business focused podcasting. What would you like that would blow my mind, but <laughs> yeah. what what would you say somebody would have to do? It doesn't matter what the business is in order to to target those keywords. Do, do, you, do, you, mm-hmm. do you put those keywords yeah. somewhere in the website? What happens? Okay. So, all right. I like this question because it, it gets into like the tactical components of, of content and SEO. And so one, like, once you have your keyword list, like you know for sure, like these are the terms you want to rank for. Um, one, you want to make sure that you're targeting like one topic per page. If you're trying to rank for like, I don't know, business-minded podcasts, like you don't want to use that as your only phrase across your entire website, mm-hmm. right? You want to have a diversity of language. You'd probably have one page that really focuses on that topic and really emphasizes everything that you know and do on that, that specific phrase. Um, from there, you'd want to link to this page with supporting content. So blog posts or other service mm-hmm. pages as well. Um, having those pages that kind of support this main topic um, link to this topic with like that specific key phrase. This will help Google better understand the context of the pages and the context of the information you're trying to rank for. Uh, you know, a business-minded podcast, I mean, for us, is probably very literal and we know what it means. But for a search engine, but or also like in other industries where the terminology is not always clear, mm-hmm. um, we want to help Google best understand what we mean or what kind of niche we're after in that space. Mm -hmm. Like if we use the term Apple, um, if I was writing about Apple and, you know, using computers and technology on my website, there's a good chance they're going to know that it's about Apple, the brand. But if I was writing about, I don't know, applesauce or pies and I was talking about the Apple, um, then Google would probably realize, oh, hey, he's talking about the food group. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to bridge that relationship and, and help connect that way. Um, another way too is having other websites linked to you on the given topic that you're speaking about. Um, any relevant uh, businesses or brands or publications that um, can link to you will be a huge boost in that relationship and helping Google understand what what your website is ultimately about. Um, but also it just uh, helps to reinforce the the trust and the kind of industry expertise that you're attempting to convey. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very good. And I'm going to jump in with something else since we have got uh, about two minutes in hand. Looking ahead, Jesse, five years, you know, we, we have, I'm, I'm not doom and gloom. I'm positive. We're in challenging times, but there's always opportunities when there's chaos, right? But a lot of people are, are a little more nervous than I am perhaps. So looking ahead, inflation, war in the Ukraine, just coming out of a lockdown, all these things keep getting thrown at us, monetary policy. Um, it could be interesting times. What's one thing that you would suggest your clients and our audience focus on looking ahead over the next five years? I think, oh, I mean, the world is a chaotic place right now and it's, you know, it can feel very disheartening. 
but I would say, you know, it just continue thinking beyond today. Mm-hmm. Keep thinking about what the next steps are, um, you know, and and chipping away at that. You know, hopefully you have a five-year plan in mind for your business and just, you know, always have a clear sense of like every task and things that you enter into, you know, is rooted in that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think being patient and open to adjustments like mm-hmm. man like things change so quickly like mm-hmm. method and metric is six years old and like you know i still get caught up in like oh man we're nowhere near where we plan to be but i look back to where we were and where i started from it's like a lot's happened so mm-hmm. i think having a good focus on that goal down the road but also reminding yourself how far you come can help you yeah. you know remain confident about it you know where you were 5 years ago is probably not anywhere near where you thought you'd be today so True. reminding yourself of that i think is a huge huge um you know confidence booster but also can help you kind of refocus like you've already been through a lot of tough stuff and it just it's just a different tough stuff right now that's right, right. Oh, good advice good advice well to see right. how, how do people contact you yeah, um, I'd say, you know, I mean, Twitter is, is there, but um, yeah, my investment in that uh, platform is kind of waning, but uh, LinkedIn's probably the best. Um, yeah, you can follow me on there, uh, as well as Method and Metric on LinkedIn, uh, but also like on our website, we have a ton of resources um, and a blog there. So methodometric.com. Um, yeah, always happy to to connect with people and, and chat about SEO or business building, like you know, everyone's looking to accomplish something. And so I'm always happy to chat and share ideas and then, you know, see what other people are working on. So, No, that's great. And just for our audio listeners, although, of course, it will be in the description for everybody, for audio listeners, it's method and the word and metric.com, right? Yes, that's correct. Thank you. Yeah, Good. Yeah. Got it. We will put that in the description. Thank you, Jesse. And while I've still got the, the floor or the microphone, very quick last message for our audience. Yet another interesting guest for you today with lots of good advice to help you in your business. So if you don't want to miss out on the next interesting guests and the ones coming up in the future, hop onto our website, theyackingshow.com and sign up for our newsletter. We only send one email a week and then you'll know who's coming along. We've got lots of people coming over the next few weeks. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much, Desi. Excuse me. And um, thank you all again for tuning in to our show. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on the show, please, all you have to do is visit us at theyackingshow.com. Click on the contacts tab where you will find a short application form and we would love to hear from you. And let us know what topics you'd like us to cover. We have access to so many wonderful experts on this show. So let us know. Until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.